Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. Last time we talked a lot about the show itself, the characters, the history of it, favorite episodes that we remembered, that sort of thing. And now on this episode, we decided that we're going to talk about all the kind of things on the peripheral, the the movies, the comics, the video games, and also the things inspired by The Simpsons. And in fact, I guess <laughs> I I just remembered um, after we recorded last the last episode, uh, there there's a <laughs> a great story in your dad's book about you where Homer Simpson plays a pretty big part in that story. Incident over a Homer Simpson doll, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Back when I was only eight years old. It's I had an incident over a Homer Simpson doll, which I wanted badly kind of impulsive when I was only eight years old. Yeah, you went to a store and and saw this massive life-size Homer Simpsons doll. It was in Following Ezra, which is my dad's memoir. And I still have it somewhere, along with plushes I have for Bart, Lisa, and Marge as well. Yeah, it just cracks me up because... um... Yeah, I can see why. (laughs) Yeah, but... Okay, so before we get started with the rest of the episode, let's answer last week's trivia question, which was, what U.S. state is Springfield located in? The Springfield is actually a fic- its own fictional city. Yeah, so it, it, we kind of got away with a trick question for last week, because while there are many states that have a city named Springfield, The show itself has never said which uh, Springfield, if any, that it is. And and it's often poked a lot of fun at that. So in in one of the things we'll be talking about today, in the movie, they have a joke about how they go to the fictional four corners in their state. Yeah, that, that Ned shows to Bart. Yeah, and they say, like, yeah, look, you can see the... The three other states that border us and Ohio, Nevada, Maine, and Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> it's not accurate. Well, Ohio and Kentucky are are attached to each other, but Maine and Nevada, that's the joke. They're two of them aren't even close to each other. Yeah, well, no, none of them, you know, outside of Ohio and, and Kentucky, none of them are close. You can't decipher which state it is from those four states. So they know how to f- have fun with it. They're just being funny and clever. Yeah, exactly. Well, without for any further ado, let's get to our feature presentation. In this episode, we're talking about more things relating to The Simpsons beyond the show. Right. And, and I suppose since we brought up the movie already, let's talk about the movie which was released in the summer of 2007, was a really funny movie, and it was PG-13 rated because a lot of crude, irreverent, mature humor. Right, uh, much like the show itself. And there, there's this was the first feature-length media that The Simpsons had ever done, so it was interesting to see how they translated something that was so episodic into a feature-length film. And... In in some ways, it kind of, and I think it was described by a lot of critics back then about how it did kind of feel like two or three episodes 
it what it felt like was two or three episodes of the simpsons squashed together which isn't yeah. necessarily a bad thing and i think they had a lot of fun with it because there's a a fake cliffhanger halfway through the movie where suddenly you know there there's some big dramatic moment and then the screen mm-hmm. goes black and it has the title card to be continued and it lingers there for a second and then suddenly the words pop up immediately <laughs> and the rest of the movie continues i know i know i remember the plot of that film is that grandpa envisions something bad happening called epa which is a which is one of the agencies of the u.s government environmental protection agency it says twisted tail a thousand eyes trapped forever that he says in church he does kind of predict the future when twisted tail turns out to be the pig spider pig later harry plopper that homer gets and a thousand eyes was the mutated squirrel. Right. I remember. And then, then trapped forever was that enormous dome. Yeah. So it's like this apocalyptic event that's supposedly going to take place and destroy Springfield. And it was all because of Homer, because he carelessly he didn't properly dispose the silo with the pig poop, and he dumped <laughs> it in the lake. Which Lisa said to everyone in Springfield that people should stop dumping in lakes because it's bad. But Homer didn't know that, so he just, he didn't dispose of it properly, and he didn't listen to Marge's warning. <laughs> yeah, so... And then everyone wanted to kill them because of that, because <laughs> Homer was the one responsible for that thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's the whole mob that, that shows up at the end. But of course, Homer's very good at getting himself into problems, but he also happens to be very good at getting himself out of problems. Yes, and then he... He comes up with a way to save Springfield and not make and and stop making things worse. It the the movie ends happily ever after, but it does have a lot of the same kind of irreverent humor that's present in the show. I know, and the villain was was Russ Cargill, who's one of the many characters from the show voiced by Albert Brooks, who was a greedy businessman who was the head of the EPA. Right. There, there's one, and I want to ask some of the jokes that you remember, but there's one joke that I think is really fitting where there's this gag that has happened in the show as well of like Bart skateboarding while naked. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and it's this very clever gag where he's riding across the town and, and he very conveniently censored by different everyday objects around him, you know, like bushes and fences, and it's all very convenient inappropriate but i liked it i thought it was so funny yeah but but the the joke kind of has an unexpected twist near the end of it um they definitely could not get away with it and then bart was chased by the police for skateboarding naked yeah yeah so what what are some other funny moments that you remember from that movie that you really liked like for instance i remember in the beginning there was there was a cameo of green day the famous rock band like when Bart remembered a time when he went fishing with Homer and he was trying to use a bug zapper to catch fish, which, which, was a, which wasn't the best idea. <laughs> yes. Or when comic book guy thinks that Epa is what the Green Lantern said when Sinestro from like referencing DC comics. Yeah, so it's a very silly movie. If you like the show, you're going to like the movie because it's basically the same thing. Just expanded. There are early stages of development making a sequel. Since Disney's acquisition of Box, right. they're currently doing one, and I think also a possibility of a Family Guy movie as well. 
Well, I'm glad that you brought up Family Guy because maybe that's something we can talk about the the influences a little bit of The Simpsons on other shows and and media and Family and for Guy. Instance, for the early years of The Simpsons, The Simpsons did appear in the celebrity version of even ironically in a fam in family friendly shows that are appropriate for all audiences like Sesame Street in the Monster in the Mirror sequence from Sesame Street, but more adult related things that it's better known for appearing in like nowadays like crossing over with family guy right family guy is probably the the one show that has been most influenced by the simpsons it's a very similar premise where it's a a family who lives out in the suburbs they're kind of prototypical nuclear family parents two kids or yeah. i guess three kids yes actually yeah and um and the, a dog yeah the great family from the fictional city of Quahog, Rhode Island. And Peter Griffin has similarities to Homer because he's overweight and he's not too smart either. Yeah, so very similar. And it's the same kind of irreverent humor where Family Guy is different, I'd say, is that the humor is a lot more... There's more gross-out humor, I guess. It's a, it's a lot... Yeah. It's a lot more immature, which is... <laughs> I know, like, Family Guy, like The Simpsons, is also definitely not a show suitable for younger audiences. And then, of course, he, uh, this is perhaps uh, an obvious one, but Matt Gronig, uh, he worked on Futurama. Futurama. Futurama is very similar, where it's a kind of sci-fi spoof, but also very irreverent, lots of adult humor. And there's even been an episode of The Simpsons in 2014, a year after Futurama ended, where The Simpsons crossed over with Futurama. And then I, I suppose the last one is Disenchantment, which is on Netflix, also by created by the same creators of The Simpsons. I know, which debuted on Netflix a couple years ago. Right, it's a satire of the fantasy genre. And it's also that new show from The Simpsons and Futurama creator is also among the adult category show. Definitely not the most suitable or appropriate show for little kids. Yeah, so I mean, and then, you know, the influences spread far, far beyond just shows and, and movies that are like The Simpsons. There's also a lot of famous animation directors uh who like uh, got Brad their Bird, start yeah they got their start director of iron giant ratatouille and both incredibles movies rich moore director of zootopia and wreck it ralph and ralph breaks the internet and clay hall um director of the 2013 cars spinoff movie planes yeah they all worked on the simpsons before they got their their big breaks with at pixar or other studios Is, and things like that yeah like Rich Moore also worked on Futurama, and Brad Bird also worked on King of the Hill. Right. Well, not the same creator, but the same company, same studio. Yeah, so it, that's not to be unexpected, given that The Simpsons have been around for 30-plus years. That's yeah. a lot of uh, famous animators and animation directors and, and people just tied to am animation are going to end up working on that show in some capacity. Yeah, I know. Beyond this other stuff, The Simpsons has also for some time gotten comic books from from 1993 until to, until 2018, I remember. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. They were comics that featured many of these characters that I found entertaining too, I remember. And there's also been comics for Futurama as well, I remember. They discontinued them a couple years ago. But I remember reading a lot of those comics based on the show. Yeah, what do you remember about those comics? published by a now-defunct comics publisher called Bongo Comics. Well, like, a lot of good ones and references they had, just, like, 
in the show. For example? One of the classic comics I remember parodied Charlie and the Chocolate Factory uh-huh. called Bart Simpson and the Krusty Brand Fun Factory. <laughs> and Krusty was kind of like being like Willy Wonka. Uh-huh. Or another comic, like one of the Treehouse of Horror comics based on the annual Halloween specials called I'm Not in Springfield Anymore, where Lisa goes into a world like kind of parodying the Wizard of Oz and Mr. Burns being like the witch. <laughs> yeah. And, is, and Smithers being like the flying monkeys. Oh, that's good. I think if you look at the style of The Simpsons, it kind of makes sense that it does have like like a comic strip feel. Like I could have, I could totally see. Because Matt Grading early in his career did a comic strip called Life in Hell. Right. And one of the characters was an early prototype of Bart Simpson. Right, exactly. So he obviously had that background in, in comic strips. And so it makes sense. It's kind of funny, actually, how there's the comic strip, then the show, and then it went back to comic books after when, when the show was really successful. Yes, I know from the early years, from the 90s, I know. I also know beyond that, there's also been a Simpsons documentary in 2010 talking about the history of the show. And there's even been at Universal Studios parks here in California and in Florida, a Simpsons simulator ride. Uh Uh-huh. And even a replica of Springfield as well in both parks. That sounds like it must be a lot of fun to explore. The Simpsons also has had a couple shorts since then. One was The Longest Daycare, originally released with the fourth Ice Age film in 2012. And then earlier this year, Playdate with Destiny, released with Pixar's Onward. Oh, right. Which that's the one that has um, Maggie going to the playground and like bonding. And Maggie's the baby. Uh, and she yes. bonds with another baby there and it's kind of this uh star-crossed lovers kind of spoof and the other one the longest daycare was about maggie and she was facing against her sworn enemy gerald the one eyebrow baby who's a baby bully with a unibrow yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see uh where disney takes this show the franchise what direction it takes well, it's something we haven't mentioned too much yet is the video games. Yeah, the video games. Like I mentioned, the car game, which is notoriously difficult, <laughs> not suitable for children for probably that reason, because it's just teenagers. It's very, very hard. <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember playing like the there's the arcade game, like the original arcade game. I remember when he used to play, be at a bowling at a local bowling alley not too far away from me. Yeah, where you could play as the different, you could play as Homer or Marge or, or one of the kids. Or Bart or Lisa. I also remember other games they did, like from the 90s. One was a computer game called Virtual Springfield, as well as one called Bart and the Beanstalk, parrying the classic Jack and the Beanstalk story we all know. And then 2007 which I remember was a popular game, was the Simpsons game, which I played that when I was a kid. Yeah, what do you remember about it? The graphics were, where it was a combination with 2D and 3D. It was pretty fun and clever. But the latest Simpsons video game, which has been successful, which is on iOS and Android and other mobile platforms, is called The Simpsons Tapped Out, where you build your own Springfield. Uh-huh. Yeah. And have, have you played that one? A little bit of it, though, but I hear it's a fun game, though. 
but it's also, I think, just like the most of the other Simpsons games and, and the show and franchise in general, it's rated 12 and up. Definitely not four and up, because it has crude humor and language. You know, to sort of close up with some final thoughts, it's pretty spectacular and, and really almost unprecedented for specifically an animated show to have lasted as long as The Simpsons has. It really is quite remarkable that it's lasted more than three decades. Yeah, I know. And then obviously there there have been years where, where uh, some people consider like the show wasn't as good as it used to be and some years where it, it was mm. a lot better. But overall, I mean, I think that just speaks to the general just how good this show is that it's remained this popular that it's still going yeah i know it's taken the world by storm it a lot of other characters and a lot of things it's become and, and it's absolutely entertaining too and and very appealing thank you so much for listening we appreciate your time if you like what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash animation and beyond. In the meantime, let's get a trivia question from Ezra. Who voices the most characters in The Simpsons than any other actor on the show? Okay, so if you know the answer, give us a shout on Facebook or send us an email at animationandbeyond at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye! See you later. Bye.